welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicas.com. My name is Abhishek. This cover package looks at mid-cap stocks. Uh, mid-caps have been doing exceedingly well for the last 3 years, but will they continue to shine in the coming future is what Forbes India asks in this uh, package and joining me on the call is the very familiar voice of Praveen Palande who's passionate about finance stocks and uh, good stories. Hi Praveen, nice to have you back. Hey hi hi, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Praveen, let's start at the basics. Uh, tell us, what are mid-cap stocks, uh, very briefly? In one line, all companies, in terms of market cap, those who are beyond the top 100 would qualify as mid-caps. The best way to put it is, forget the top 100 companies and the rest are mid-cap, micro-cap, small-cap, whatever you want to call it. That's a universe of around 500 companies, I would put it that way. The total stocks listed on the stock exchanges is something like 5,000 dollars. Only 1,000 matter. In terms of investable stocks, I think around the top 500, 600 stocks matter. That's it. Why are they becoming increasingly popular, especially in the last three years, is what the theme is uh, across the package. You've interviewed a bunch of uh, you know, experts and fund managers. Uh, take us through this issue, as in why are mid-caps becoming popular? The mid-cap stocks, they, are come, they have become fashionable over the last three years. But the fact is the earliest seven years were really, really bad. A lot of things are happening over the last three years. Like, you know, there's been a new government in power. Interest rates have fallen down, inflation is down, the cost of capital is low. The Indian economy, the domestic economy, a lot of these mid-cap companies address that part of the economy very well. That that part of the economy is doing well, while you know what is happening in the developed world, like you know where interest rates are extremely low, there, are, there is low demand, it's affecting the world growth. And the top stocks actually address the global economy. So if the global economy is not really doing well, then these guys suffer. Uh, let's say a huge IT firm might be getting a significant chunk of its business from from Europe or America, and when those economies don't do well, it directly impacts the large cap, uh, you know, these large uh, companies, and hence the investors. You got it right, but at a very different level. I think what you should really look at is that these guys, like you know, the mid cap guys, they are completely promoter based organizations. Like the owner is the manager, he's the worker, he's everything. Okay, these guys also are taking high risk. In large caps, typically, which are run by professionals, the ability to take risk is extremely limited. The professional, so your ability to take risk actually goes down and you are going to get a regular salary. What have I got to do with the market cap of the company? So, but a promoter is very much interested in the market cap of the company. Right. In your overview, you write about what they call story stocks as opposed to number stocks. Number stocks are generally linear stocks. You can just run an Excel sheet and basically do the discounted cash flow statement and you should be able to figure it out, right? Normally, these numbers companies have existed for a long time, so they have achieved some kind of linearity. With story stocks, they are completely people-based. The stories are very attractive about these people. So typically, an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, they have built such superb companies. But are they number stocks or story stocks? So that is the thing. I like the story aspect of all these mid-cap stocks, actually, because you really can't do Excel-based projections on these stocks. So you really have to go sit with the promoters and figure him out. Mid-cap stocks look very attractive, easy to invest in. I think in that particular space, I think you should be with the professional fund managers. Right. And, and the, these professional fund managers are basically paid to make sure that they invest in the right companies where people like me, for instance, who has got no idea of the stock market can trust them 
to get me returns which are better than a fixed deposit or a PPF or, or rather, rather much, much better. And at the same time, I think one of the interviews that uh, the package has is with uh, Sunil Singhania of Reliance Mutual Fund. And uh, he says that we need to be cautious. Uh, uh, he, he says, and I quote, I could say with certainty that the returns will be lesser for mid-cap stocks as a group. So why does he take a contrarian uh, position here? Sunil Singhania is one of the best mid-cap managers in the country. The valuation may not be attractive, but it's a space that can generate returns if you kind of trade carefully on it. It's as simple as that. And he also says that it's not a science. I mean, you, you can't be sure of the stock moment as you can be of gravity, for example. Wasn't it uh, Newton who lost a lot of money in the South Sea bubble? And he said, I can calculate the movement of stars, but not the madness of men. The stock market is that un- unpredictable. Yes, but you know, the stock market is unpredictable. That's true. But there are a lot of smart people coming in, a lot of smart softwares coming in. Even saying 10, 15 years ago, that the stock market is a madhouse. I would be a bit careful about saying that statement now because the right information gets filtered efficiently and stock prices can align to fair prices much quickly than you can ever think. That's very optimistic, Praveen. I think it was only in 2008, right, when the American investment banking industry collapsed and there was this mutual fund house which actually sent out a circular which had this line in it that people are buying on the news or selling on a rumor depending upon which way the wind is blowing. And it was that bad only a few years back. What what makes you change your mind so soon? So look at it this way. You know, what really helps financial markets or financial crisis? Every crisis brings in efficiency in the market. Since 2008, since the biggest global financial crisis that took place, markets have actually become more efficient. The difference between the smartest guy and the average guy has dropped drastically. Because of the checks and rules and balances that have been brought no, in that you can't be... No, no, not checks and balances. Okay, fine. The regulator have become very, very alert about what people are doing. That is one part of it. But the fact is information flows and analyzing information is not the prerogative of certain people. Anybody can learn financial analysis in a few months and be a good good analyst. Let's talk about a particular firm that you profile here, DSP BlackRock, where mid-caps appear to be at the heart of their strategy. Yeah, what uh, DSP BlackRock guys get right is the fact that they are not looking at quick returns. The research is very good. What has really worked for them is that the market cycles turn in their favor. Luck favors the brave. So the whole thing that is happening with BlackRock is about being there or preparing themselves for the right time, I would say. Right. One important point that you bring out in in the stories is that there is a lot of difference between investing in a mid-cap stock which is not doing well but is debt-ridden as opposed to one which is not doing well but you know has its own money. So even if when things get better, they will be back on their feet faster uh, than the ones who are debt-ridden. Any smart fund manager is very careful about investing in with, in companies that have debt. Amongst professional fund managers, so it is very clear that you have to concentrate on cash flows than concentrate on the top-line sales or profits. So that is not the issue. How do you basically... Like we explained about stories and numbers, how do you kind of match the stories with the numbers? So that is something that BlackRock has been able to do efficiently. You go and meet an individual promoter, look at his decisions and how the numbers are going to be delivered on this decision. Where do you see all of this uh, head? I know this is a question that one must ask a fund manager, but I'm putting you in, in, in their shoes. So how do I look at uh, this entire thing? I, I think that you should not invest in large cap 
at all on this it's an index fund but in mid caps you know you can start extremely long range sips even if you started at the peak of the market it is fine wait for the markets to fall so that you can accumulate more and more units and just wait and watch what happens even from here onwards you should be with a good active fund manager in the mid cap space trust the fund manager to deliver the returns two things you should do buy an index stock at the same time and do not buy individual mid cap stocks so they do not venture into the trade uh, territory alone be with the fund manager and if you want to start an sip now you should hope and pray that the market crashes <laughs> right on that note praveen it's time to wrap up thanks a lot for your time okay bye and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on itunes and to have someone call you for a forbes india subscription just message forbes to 51818